Well, on this Monday morning, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. Okay, let's talk about this update. It came late last week, so some people may have missed it. Uh, but there was some positive news about our healthcare system. Yeah, a really interesting briefing with Adrian Dix and the retired CEO of one of the health regions, Michael Marchbank. And really on what happened in the past year over surgeries in BC hospitals. So a year ago, uh, Dix, when he was health minister, uh, said he made the toughest decision he's ever made as health minister. They canceled all non-urgent surgeries in BC hospitals. And this is after Dix had spent two and a half years trying to reduce waiting lists. And he undid it all in a day. Um, So then, you know, it was done because, I mean, we now look back and we go, well, we were in a panic. No, we weren't. The the best evidence that British Columbia had was what was happening elsewhere around the world. And the question was, what's the worst case scenario? Well, the worst case scenario was Italy, where the system was overwhelmed by COVID-19 cases. And you had doctors dying and nurses and healthcare workers. And We didn't want to go there, so they came up with a plan. What would we have to do to make sure our system wasn't overwhelmed? And the first thing, one of the big pieces of advice was, well, don't have anybody coming to the hospital that isn't an urgent case. So they canceled everything, thousands of surgeries. And, of course, because they canceled a whole lot, there were a whole lot more in the queue that didn't get done either. Um. In May, when the Italian scenario had not materialized here, Dix came out and said, we're going to clear this backlog. At the time, they talked about, oh, it'll take two or three years. Well, on Friday, he announced that the backlog is cleared. We're actually now doing more, more surgeries than we were before. And by the way, when he says the backlog is cleared, he means all the ones that were canceled and had to be rescheduled. Right. That doesn't mean there aren't waiting lists, but the waiting lists are actually now going to be shorter than they were before all this started. So it's a pretty important update. March Banks, who ran Fraser Health for a long time, said unprecedented. In his time managing the healthcare system, his familiarity with it, there's nothing like this in the history of healthcare here or anywhere else. So How um, did they do it? Yeah, you know, at the time I remember covering this to me, I thought, well, all it takes is money, right? Well, actually, yes, it does take money, and it's cost already almost $200 million, so you don't want to make light of it. But the, the actual challenge is staffing. So we have unused capacity in the healthcare system. We had operating rooms that were only operating part of the day that weren't doing full capacity on the weekends and where everybody was taking their holidays in the summertime. So all kinds of surgeries weren't being done. So they did a couple of things. Obviously, they had to shell out for some overtime, but they also went out and recruited significant numbers of anesthetists, doctors, uh, nurses who specialize in operating rooms, We trained more people for that, and the result is we've got more staff than ever to deal with that. In fact, Dick said something interesting yesterday. He said, British Columbia's commitment to do this has turned the province into a bit of a magnet. We're getting 
trained people from other provinces coming here to do this. Now, all of this, of course, Simi, comes with a, a qualifier, right? We have to sustain this level of commitment to the system in order to keep going because, again, we've discovered this during the pandemic, we have more potential patients for surgery. We have an older population. Uh, we have a lot more seniors than, say, our neighbor Alberta. And being a senior, I can tell you that I'm in the age group where you start cashing in your use of the Canadian healthcare system. You've been paying taxes all your life, and now right. you need an e-replacement, as I need it. <laughs> so you, you look at it and you go, yeah, I, we've made it here. We've attracted all these people. We've trained all these healthcare workers. We've opened up the operating hours for our, for our ERs and our hospitals. We got to keep at it, you know, I, and that's, of course, the challenge going forward. I, I mean, Dick says this is a triumph for public health care. It is so far. And as somebody who might be using the system more than some of the younger <laughs> listeners out there, uh, I, of course, totally support this. Although, come to me and tell me I'm going to pay more taxes. I might have a different comment. Well, that, it's still <laughs> going to be very interesting because this was a complaint that I heard for years is yeah. that, that we could do this if we put our mind to it. And it, it was always an excuse not to. Uh, and I think this would be welcome if we can really make a dent in some of those waiting lists. Although it is interesting as well, as you point out, Vaughn, the difference in language, right? Yeah, we we no know, longer use elective surgery. Yeah, it's really interesting. We used to call this elective, like, you know, the people that are getting their knees replaced had nothing better to do with their time, right? They, or, or cataract surgery is another one, right? You can't see, right? So Dix has been very careful on this. He calls it non-urgent. So urgent is there's an automobile accident, there's a heart attack, cancer surgery generally regarded as urgent, although sometimes not that urgent, but done soon. Uh, but his language is now all around. All surgery is essential. Nobody is getting surgery out there because they right. don't have anything better to do. <laughs> exactly. um, but we're trying to prior, prior, prioritize. Is that the right You word? got it. That I'm going to get a note on that because I say priorize, and that's got something to do with monasteries. So... Uh, <laughs> I always get a note. I love listeners. Um, anyway, prioritize. They're, they're, they're trying to do that, and obviously they've made some progress in it. But going forward, yeah, we have to maintain this level of commitment to the healthcare system. You know, and, and I mean, I guess you'd say in the time I've been writing about politics, the healthcare budget has grown from about a third of the provincial budget to over 40%. And some forecasts suggest it'll hit 50%. The flip side of that is, what else does the government do that's more important yeah. than maintaining the health care system? And this is, you know, Dix's commitment is to public health. Uh, so it was a real sacrifice for him. I mean, he genuinely says he agonized over it. Uh, he'd put all this effort into reducing wait times, and it was swept away, as he said, in a day. Um, it's an achievement on his part to get back to this point, but it's also something that going forward, we're going to have to work at it here in British Columbia to maintain this level of commitment. Yeah, It should be the case, Simi, I mean, I, I haven't seen the accounting on this, but it should be the case if you reduce waiting lists, then with the same level of staffing and funding, 
you should be able to sustain that level without having to increase it. But the big unknown there is how many more seniors are we going to have in British Columbia? They're um, moving here from other parts of Canada. Welcome. Yeah. It's wonderful. They pay taxes. They come here. They live here. Uh, you know, I live in a city with lots of retirees. Uh, hope to be one myself someday. Say but no, it's, uh, it's Vaughn. Big... No. What would we do without you? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just quickly point out here, we get the 3 o'clock update this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, the numbers were not good on Friday, right? And why no. is that? Well, the numbers are bad because mostly Fraser Health and mostly Surrey. And when they tell you that they are dedicating significant stocks of AstraZeneca to workplaces in and around Metro Vancouver, it's the problem is community spread. The problem is uh, workplaces that are very hard to contain the outbreaks, and that's where the resources are going. Dix was asked on Friday, you know, what about the complaints from people who say I should be essential and I'm not getting the vaccine? Yeah. He said, everyone's essential. The vaccine is being dedicated on the basis of risk and from the case count in and around Metro Vancouver, some workplaces are very high risk, and that's why the vaccine is going there. All right. We're going to find more today. Thanks, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Cindy.